Stanley Cup. Hey folks, welcome into this special NHL Playoffs Preview Podcast presented by the Bench Sports Podcast. We're glad you could be joining us today as we're going to get you ready for the run to the Stanley Cup Finals with full breakdowns and analysis and a lot of playoff beards and uh, shenanigans. So I'm your host, Wesley Splain today. Anthony Fertini is here for this one. What's up, man? How you doing? Wes, what up? I'm really excited for this. You know I love hockey, so uh, this should be good. Yeah, and joining us as a special guest for this one, Flyer Delphia staff writer, five-minute major pod co-host. He was a club hockey player for the Bloomsburg Huskies. Matt Mastro Giovanni went to one of your games, and you like ch- like laid out somebody like mad hard. You've done that a couple times. You were the hammer on that squad with George. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those were those were the good old days uh, when I when I could play hockey and talk about it. But now it's just uh, it's mainly talking about it. But Wes, it's good to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. You all had uh, like the weirdest mustaches out of the whole entire crew. They weren't like bulky mustaches. They were just like really thin and like dark. Yeah, it, it was tough walking around <laughs> campus with those on. Uh, the, all eyes were on us for the wrong reasons, I'm, I'm sure. So um, I'm glad. We, I'm, hey, we won the championship, though. Uh, you did? My, yeah, our senior year, that's when we did the mustaches. And we won the championship, and I could not wait to get rid of that thing. <laughs> it was weird seeing George with, like, a mustache. It, di- it didn't fit his flow. Oh, it, it didn't fit any of us, trust me. <laughs> no, at all. And you, you were a hockey guy, so, like, do you do anything crazy like that where it was, like, the whole team did mustaches or whatnot for, no. like, playoff runs? <clears throat> it was me and my senior year. Like, a couple other guys had, like, a little bit of a beard. But <clears throat> besides that, not really. We had a lot of kids that would grow out the so-called lettuce. Um, but that was pretty much it. I mean, we never had anything crazy uh, at all. We were more focused upon, on trying to win our games than anything else. Well, you couldn't grow anything probably either then in senior year of high school. I know I couldn't. I just had a little beard, like, and that was it. I was like a little one of goatee. The few kids. No, like actual beard. Like, oh wow! One of the few kids. It was not thick at all, but it was like enough where you can see it for sure. Um, right. But the other kids, I mean, we only had. You got to think, I only had a few seniors with me too. Maybe like four, three, four seniors with me. Yeah. The rest were just a lot of freshmen, uh, you know, and underclass. But uh, yeah, no one, no one did anything really crazy. Like I said, we were more focused on winning than anything else. I, I tried doing that for like football in college, and everyone's like, "What are you doing? Like, dude, shave! You're really ugly right now." But, hey man, got You got to be dedicated to the cause if you're going for it. I was like, dude, it's helping us out, man. We're, we won the PSAC. We're go. We're going all the way, man. And then we yeah. lose the freaking slippery rock. Uh. <laughs> So anyway, uh, before I get started, wondering you two Flyers fans, how confidence level after your disappointing season for 2022? Zero to ten. I'll start with Matt first, because since he's the Philly guy who's got his emotions broken time and time out. So we're going confidence after this season? Yeah, zero to ten. Could I go negative, like, <laughs> negative, I, I don't know, negative 100 maybe? <laughs> Negative a hundred. I don't. I don't Jeez. think I've been through a worse season of Flyers hockey in my lifetime than this. It's that bad, huh? 
I'm dude. I like I like I said before we started recording here. I think we literally saw the worst aspect of every single worst. We saw the worst in every single aspect of the Flyers organization from from ownership, from the general manager, from the coach staff, from every player. I mean, it was just it was a train wreck. It was a train wreck on top of a dumpster fire. It was terrible. And and zero to ten, uh, like a like a five. Because Still they did hope. really, they did really good when they first started. You know that's facts. They did amazing. They at one point were second or third in the league, and then I guess I mean, like I said, I haven't really been following much of the hockey. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> I think Carter Hart got hurt, and then from there everything started going downhill little by little. And I mean, they were when I literally saw the uh, notification come in months ago when I saw that they lost to the Rangers nine to one or something. I was like. What is going on? What is going on? And there's no team should ever be losing by that many goals. I mean, that you simply not play hockey. Yeah. Caps lost one time like that to the Chicago Blackhawks, like 10 to 1. I was like, this is ridiculous. But you're still holding hope for the team as Mastro's just like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Like, I mean, it's just one of those Just things- put the Lehigh Valley Phantoms out there and maybe that'll get a better result. Hey, they've actually been doing pretty well. Fun fact, um, but I mean, like I said, it's it's crazy. Like I, I as a Philadelphia sports fan in general, I want to have hope for these teams. But man, just just year after year, when there's any sort of promise, it just seems like there's kind of just something that always goes awry, and it just kind of never works out. Yeah. Well, at least you got your Phillies to root for. Well, until like probably the bullpen gets into play, and then ooh. I was going to say their their bullpen is there. <laughs> Well, that's what the whole entire NL East, but besides that, like that's MLB. We're here talking about hockey playoffs are coming. 16 teams have clinched. We're getting ready. A different format this year as the playoffs are going to be within the divisions to start the first two rounds. And then once it's after the first two rounds, it'll be a final four kind of matchup. Who knows if it's going to be by seeding or what they're going to do, but that's how it's going to go. We'll start with uh, the East because that those matchups have already been set. Pittsburgh ended up winning the division. It was a very tight race all the way up till the end, but uh, Pittsburgh started out really slow. They had issues with the front office. They're going to go ahead and take on the New York Islanders, who have been back and forth with some injury issues. I think Anders Lee is going to come back for the playoffs in time. Um, Barry Trotz is going to try to get this team to go to the Stanley Cup final. They were really close last year by shocking a few uh, hockey experts, too. Uh, maybe they'll do it again this year. And then my Washington Capitals will face the Boston Bruins in the uh, in the first round. Washington has been dealing with some injury problems as of late. Um, Boston dealt with injury problems about a month ago, but it seems like all the, the team is fully back. So we'll have Boston versus Washington, Pittsburgh versus New York Islanders. I'll start with Matt. What do you think about this Eastern division? Who's going to come out on top? Who, who's like a team to watch out for in a series? Uh, initial thoughts. Um, well, I'm, I think my initial thoughts is I think that the East is probably the best division in the league. Um, and I guess in regards to Pittsburgh quick first, there were a lot of people this year that didn't, didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs because they kind of seemed like the, the powerhouse in the East and in the league that was kind of on the decline these past couple of years, but obviously not, um, with the, with the way that they played this year and they obviously won the East, um, but, I mean, them going up against the Islanders is no easy task. We've seen how the Islanders play um, 
under Barry Trotz with that kind of like suffocating style of hockey where they kind of just deny you time and space and then they capitalize off the rush, all that kind of stuff where they kind of just catch you off guard. Um, it's tough to say, I guess, what team will come out of the East. If I had to pick just off the cuff here, I would probably say Boston is the team to beat. Um, but oh, I, no. think, I think your Capitals will give them a run for their money. Um, I, I hope I, so. I think that series could easily go seven games. I think, honestly, I'm trying to think. I think Pittsburgh and the Islanders will go at least six. And then the um, – yeah, I mean, I, I think like these are going to be good good series within the Eastern Conference or the Eastern Division. Sorry. Yeah, I definitely agree with the Islanders on your analysis that they kind of you know take away time and space and they strike when lightning you know they strike like lightning in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of a tic tac toe, put the puck in the net when you least expect it. Barzal a skater on anybody, such a smooth skater, and Trotz is a very uh, good head coach, just in general. Uh, just a good head coach. Uh, guys want to play for him, and then are willing to go to hell and back for him. Uh, that's enough to bring your team to the second round, third round of the playoffs, and we've seen that already happen. Pittsburgh, though, I mean, for them doing as well as they have been, it's very shocking because, uh, I mean, it just seems like they, they don't lose their edge. But I think that game, the the series will go to seven games. I love to see Islanders taking game seven and then going on to the Capitals and Bruins. <clears throat> I agree, too, as well, that I think the Capitals will definitely hammer down against these Bruins. But the Bruins, as well, they've been so many playoff games. And, you know, Capitals have been, too. But it's different without Chara. You know, Chara is now playing against his old team. And he is a big piece to the success on any team he goes to. He's a special breed. So I'd like to think Boston six, but uh, I don't know. That's a really hard decision, uh, and it's really going to, again, come down to Chara. I really believe so, uh, just because this is his old team he's playing. But I'll go game six, uh, Boston Bruins. Oh, man, Jim. I do like our shot, though. Like – if the Capitals are all healthy, like Alex Ovechkin was dealing with the uh, issue, but he's back on the ice tonight. If, it was if the Caps are are healthy, they are going to do everything they can to impose their will on this Boston Bruins team. Right. If yep. they lose, they're going to hammer down, like I said, hammer down and give them hell and just try to beat them up as much as they can. So when they come second round, they're hurting. That's a good right. job, the Capitals. Peter LaViolette has done a good job against Boston, like the past few years, with uh, when they go up against each other in playoff series. Like I, I'm confident with what Pierre is going or um Peter LaViolette, what he's gonna do. My only concern with the Caps is like, what is uh Vanacek gonna do? Is it gonna be Vanacek, Sam Sonoff? Like goaltending has not been a strong point this season. Like. Are we going to be able to score and can we hold that first line? Like that first line is so filthy with uh, Marshan, Poster, Knock, Bergeron is on the first line too, right? Yeah. Or is it? Um, I think so. He should be a first liner. Yeah. So, like, if you can limit that line and like kind of limit down like the top two lines of Boston, I think we still have a shot. Like, McElvoy is still a sneaky guy with the Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, I just I don't know about caps. I mean, Mantha was a good addition for the team. I kind of like a. I'll go upset with us in both divisions. Uh, I will go with Islanders in seven and Caps in seven. Because why not? 
<laughs> I love to see a first round Capitals Penguins being pushed to seven. That's a lot of hockey in the first round. Uh, usually right. doesn't happen, but Matt, and the Caps gotta... have huge size too that can just be grueling as the series goes on. Yeah, yeah, that that's the hard part for these teams is is uh, which I love playoff hockey is it's all about matchups. It's you know every team has their strengths, so it's the team having to uh, really you know take advantage of their strength, but at the same time you got to attack the weakness on the other team. So let's say the Boston yeah. Bruins are really good at playmaking, but the Capitals are really good at toughness. So it's like, okay, well, now we have to play. We have to be playmakers, but we have to deal with this toughness aspect. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, the Bruins will try to, you know, it's all tactics and strategies in a sense. But in hockey, you know, things can go haywire in a matter of seconds. So what you think you had under control at one point may not be uh, may not be exactly what you'll be facing the next game. So, for example, you may pull a 4-0 win against the, the Bruins, and the next game you may get your ass kicked 6-0, you know? Right. So yeah. you never know what's up your sleeve. And and mm-hmm. once they have something going, my God, the coaches on the bench are, are trying to do everything they can to say, we got to stop whatever they're doing here, whether it's positioning on the ice of their leaving guys, you know, open and, and, uh, you know, they're utilizing speeds and different gears. There's a lot of factors and a lot of twists in the game hockey in the playoffs, which makes it so exciting. I think TJ Oshie will be that X factor in that series. Cause like he's been dealing with a, he got banged up when he played the flyers Friday night. So if he's fully healthy, he's a guy that can play lines one through three and create a spark out of nowhere for the caps. Like he's that good. He'll be paired with Tom Wilson and Nikki Backstrom. He'll just go right to work in the front of that net. Like he's very good. And I think depth wise, I think Washington is a bit deeper than uh, Boston, even though Boston's got great players like uh, DeBrusque and um, like Pasternak. You you can't like discourage him out, but like it comes down to like, if we can score on Tuka Rask, like how many goals are you going to get on Tuca in the playoffs? Because Tuca is so good when it's postseason time. Yeah, I mean, we also, I mean, you can't forget that the Bruins also got Taylor Hall. That too, yeah. But it's just like, can Taylor Hall match the physicality of the way the Capitals play? I'm not so sure. Because yeah. like, if you get physical with Taylor Hall, he can like uh, get a bit smaller and just be neutralized. Yeah. You saw it a lot with Devils. Yeah, I think you're both right in the fact that the Capitals are just a, a big size-wise team. Um, and they have, obviously, guys like Ovechkin, Oshie, Wilson, uh, Kuznetsov, Carlson. Like, they just have big yeah. bodies. And I think, like you both said, if they can— Brendan kind of, Dillon is another big guy out there. Yeah, if they can just kind of wear, somehow just wear and tear the Bruins down, they might be able to— I think, I mean, I think it's feasible to say that they could at least pull out a six- or seven-game win. And Connor Sheary has been awesome for them too. Yeah. Yep. He's been amazing. Like kind of what led to the Verona trade with uh and then get another big body guy, and uh Anthony Mantha, who's like yeah. six five too. Oh like yeah, Mantha. I think that'll kind of be like a, a tooth and nail kind of series where um It like- should be the second round series, to be honest, if we <laughs> if we didn't screw things up with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean you hate to see these you hate to see like uh kind of I guess what ifs happen where it's like yeah especially with this weird this weird reseeding and all that jazz that's happening this season like um 
I don't even know, I guess, would they even have a chance? I guess they would have a chance to play each other. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, again, I think you got to make it out of that first round first, and then you just right. there. Worry about the first one. Yeah, I was going to. And, and it's weird how they're playing each other tonight to finish the regular season, and they're going to yeah. play right hey, on I mean, Saturday. It's a good warm-up. Right. I just hope everyone stays healthy. That's that's where I'm coming. And then Saturday is full go on. Let's let's rough them up. That's true. Yeah. That's good. I'm surprised the way Pittsburgh has turned things around because Jari just like Pittsburgh had very much troubles in the front office. And Jari just looked like he couldn't stop a hockey puck to save his life. And then next thing you know, the whole entire team turns around when it comes to uh, scoring like um, that third line that they have has been absolutely outstanding. But like Sidney Crosby, obviously Gensel is going to be a factor. I I don't really. I still think Malkin is so overrated. I don't really consider him like a factor anymore. But it's like, yeah. I think that third line is crazy. Too. John Car the trade for uh, Carter is going to be big for them. Now let me talk about Malkin really quick. So if we want to compare, you know, Malkin is a fantastic hockey player. Was a fantastic hockey player, but. What it really comes down to is the consistency, the mindset, the discipline, the will to want to do your best at all times. And that is what separates Crosby from Mulkin, right? Mulkin has the potential to be a Sidney Crosby, you know, type player where he's always constantly being being a factor on the ice, but he cannot keep his cool. How many times have we seen this guy just lose his cool, slashing people with the stick, you know? Just doing yeah. crazy stuff, and that really hurts him more than if he could just kind of calm down and say, look, I have a job to do. I'm going to do the best I can to make sure that I'm effective. I'm going to help my team win. Yeah, I think the X factor for that is like the third line with the Pittsburgh Penguins with Brian Rust, uh, Kasperi Kapanen. He's, he's still on the third line, I yeah. think. But like Jeff Carter, that's just an insane third line you got to go up against. Where like Pittsburgh – used to have like fast depth players. I think you're kind of getting it that those kind of vibes again, but it's really the first and third lines you got to deal with on Pittsburgh. And like the defense has been like playing pretty good too, with everyone having a good uh, plus minus over there with uh Dumoulin and Latang. Jeff Carter. I can't believe he's still in the league, man. He, he, he was a big piece that filled up your flyers team for a long time. He was just stashed in LA for a while. Mm -hmm. Like everyone yeah. kind of forgot Jeff Carter well, was loved, still playing. He got, he got two Stanley Cups with them though. Yeah, yeah, that's things. true. So did Richards. So yep. did Mike Richards. I was gonna say typical Philadelphia uh, players go to different teams and they have better doesn't success. It, doesn't it piss you off? Right? Like <laughs> that should have been like, our look at Raffle right now. He's Raffle's been a big impact player for the Caps' depth right now. So say, yeah, thank you. It's not the Flyers organization. It's just, it's just something <laughs> like that where it just can't get. I don't know. They they get so close and then it's just. I don't know. It's not like so, it's expected they're going to lose every year, but I don't know right. how to explain it. So I'll go with the Islanders. I am concerned about. I think uh, Varlamov had a a bit of an injury the last game, but I think he'll be good enough to where they can kind of slow down Pittsburgh's pace and be able to beat them. Kind of like what they did with, um, oh gosh, they played the Caps and the Flyers, like kind of like what they did with those series. I think that's what the Islanders will do very well. And Trotz has always played very well against uh, Pittsburgh. So 
I'll go pit, uh, Pittsburgh getting upset. It. I'll go Islanders and Caps, and then I'll hold out hope that the Caps get it done <laughs> in the East. Game seven for Caps, or yeah, seven games for sure in that Boston and Capital series. That's going to be that's a, that's a, a feasible feat. That's going to be the best series probably in the first round. Although yeah. the next the next division when we're talking about the Central. Uh, let's just switch over, switch gears over to that. So that um, the Central has been won by the Carolina Hurricanes, which kind of shocked some people. I had them as my Stanley Cup team until this whole uh, shakeup happened. Uh, so Carolina will play Nashville in the first round. Nashville squeaked out the Western Conference champs, the Dallas Stars, to get that final playoff spot. And then we're going to have the battle for the Sunshine State between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, which they went at it last night in a couple of brawls. So it's going to be awesome to see for that. Plus, Kucherov is going to come back. Steven Stamkos is doing well off of his knee surgery. Uh, Hedman is going to be full go, along with uh, the best goaltender in the game, uh, Vasilevsky. So I'll start with Amp. When you look at the Central Division, what are your initial thoughts? Can the Lightning kind of squeeze by this and get a good shot at repeating, or will someone else emerge from this division? Uh, I'll hit the Panthers' Lightning first. This game, this year, is going to come down to simply who wants it more. Uh, the Lightning won the cup last year. So when they're looking at it now, they're kind of, you know, probably looking at it like, all right, we already won the cup. So we'd like to win another one, but it's not as much, there's not as much pressure as getting to that point again. You understand what I'm saying? Because they already got to that point. The Panthers, they're definitely doing everything they can to get to that point. So I think the Lightning have a better chance of winning this series if they really come together as a whole and decide, okay, we want this cup again, and it's me versus you. So uh, I'll wait on making my decision for the round with that. Now moving on to the Hurricanes and the Predators, I definitely think the Hurricanes takes this 4-1, series 4-1. Four, four um, I think the Hurricanes, again, want it much more than the Predators. Predators fell off, you know, fell off for a while ever since 2017, you know, when they had Mike Fisher on that team. They're really pounding away. Uh, you know, they're kind of on a decline and the Hurricanes have enough playoff experience that they, you know, understand what it takes to play a team one day, two days, three days, and so on, back to back and incorporating a lot of sacrifice into every game too to be able to win. So 4-1 Hurricanes and then for the Lightning and Panthers, that is very tough um, because it really, again, comes down to who I think wants it more and that's just simply it uh but i'll go oh god that is so tough i want to go four to lightning all right so between lightning and hurricanes who you got uh i'd like to see the hurricanes win yeah all right i'd like to see them win yeah florida kind of surprised a lot of people but like they, they've just been – they've had a lot of talented guys. They just haven't put it together lately. But, uh, Master, what do you think about this uh, division? I think this, I think this is probably going to be one of, if not the most interesting of the divisions for the playoffs where Carolina was a team that I kind of thought would have a little bit of difficulty in the realignment situation this season. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't. Um, good for them. And um, but I think the the Predators are going to give them a good run for their money where, like Ant said, um, they were kind of dead in the water for a few weeks there. But they they clawed their way back and they squeaked into the playoffs these last few games. 
So I think that, um, I mean, obviously the playoffs are anyone's games where once you make it in the postseason, it kind of doesn't really matter much how you did in the regular season where it's kind of a fresh start. Um, you have that extra motivation to try and win a cup. So I think uh, the, the Predators aren't a team to be taken lightly coming out of the gates here in the playoffs, but also the Carolina Hurricanes are definitely no slouch as well. But I think Carolina, I think that's going to go. I think eh, I'm trying to think. I would say, yeah, I'm going to say 4-2 Carolina, maybe even game seven, 4-3 Carolina. Um, and then moving on to Tampa and Florida, I think that's going to be a really good series, or at least I hope it will be based off of how Florida has kind of um, come out this season where it's going to be tough that I don't, I don't believe they'll have Aaron Ekblad back. I think he's done for the year. Yeah, I think he's done too. Yeah. Um, which, which is a shame because I think he would have been a, uh, a Norris candidate. Um, he was having an awesome year, but I think, Again, I think Tampa is just such a juggernaut where they're just, the fact that they're just getting Kudrov back for the playoffs is unreal. And there's something with the way that they they have to kind of maneuver the on the edge with the cap room here because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Kudrov's contract has been off the books this whole season because he's been on long-term injury reserve. Yeah, so, he he started the season on, on the uh, IR or whatever it was in December. So I think there's got to be something that, like, they have to do roster-wise that frees up that space for his contract to come back on the books, so to speak, for the playoffs. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see where that goes. But I think as as good ha- as good as Florida has been this year, I just think Tampa, again, is, is, is tough to beat and – with the best goaltender of the league, with Kucherov, with Stamkos, with Maroon, with all those guys. I mean, they they just, again, they're they're obviously the team to beat being the Stanley Cup champions, uh, the defending champions. So I think that's going to be, um, I believe Ant said the same thing, uh, 4-2 with the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Don't sleep on top. Barkov now. Barkov is like I'm one of my favorite good. underrated players. I'm not I'm not sleeping on the Panthers. I just I think <laughs> that the, the Lightning, like I said, I think they're obviously they're the team to beat being the defending cup champions here. So but right. I mean I think Florida has surprised everyone this year. Isn't it shocking how like they played so much better without Borkovsky in, in the middle of the net? They play so much better with the other guy. I think it, it Dreiger. They yeah. play so much better with him in, in yep. that. And even with like the, the Spencer kid, the uh guy who won World Juniors for the US, he's been playing pretty yeah. good too when they put him in there. Spencer Knight, yeah, he's, he's yeah. Good. Yeah, it's it's kinda I guess it's a tough look when you're when your rookie goaltender is doing better than your seventy million dollar man. Yeah. So weird. But uh yeah, I think I'm interested to see one of my favorite like weird playoff traditions is when the the Panthers did the rats when they threw the rats on the ice. Um, oh, that's right. Back in the, I think it was the was it the, the ninety six year. Yeah, I hope that comes back because that is just awesome. They did it when they made the playoffs. I forget if it was like twenty eleven or something like that. Yeah, they did it that year too. It was it was kind of weird because it w- it would just be like rats all over the place and it yep. would just be they'd be down three one. <laughs> it's like the Florida <laughs> fans have no idea what's going on. Yeah, but hopefully they're, I guess they're a little more educated this time around and um, it won't be like them throwing rats on the ice when they when they they'll show up. up if you if you put playoffs in the name they'll show up. Oh yeah, just be like 
okay, yeah, this team's going to be fun. But yeah. um, I totally see this division going Carolina's way. I've been on the Carolina bandwagon all year. Mm-hmm. So many grueling uh, defeats when, um, you know, coming off of the championship year for the Cavs when uh, they faced Carolina and Carolina went on that glorious run. Carolina's problem <clears throat> in the playoffs is just they couldn't get past the Boston Bruins, yeah, which has just been shaken up for them lately. Just the way uh, the playoffs shook out last year, they had to face them in round one, and they had injuries going into that one. But the lines for Sebastian Ajo, you got Dougie Hamilton there. Those guys are absolute studs. And then Victor Eklad, a former Panther, as we're talking about the Panthers too, is just great. And then Peter Mrazek has been insane in that too for them. It's just the way they clamp down on defense and give it to the playmakers and like uh, Warren Fogle and uh, Tavo Teravainen. That first line is just speed. They just get right down the ice. And having Dougie Hamilton back on the defense is uh, is very helpful with Jake Gardner back there as well. Yeah. Um, Depth-wise, they're kind of issued. I don't know. But I do see them beating Nashville 4-1. to one. That other series with like Tampa, I think Tampa does squeak out Florida. Mm-hmm. I love Barkoff and everyone else like that, but I think Tampa's just like deep. When Tampa gets all their guys playing too, like if Victor Hedman's on, if uh, Kuch- if Kucherov is actually going to play, it's just they got so – Braden Point, he's another one. It's like they got so many guys that can just step up and fill that role to where I think they'll win that one and then that Carolina Lightning series is going to be magical, and I think Carolina will end up beating the Stanley Cup champs. Ooh, that's a bold- That's a big – Bold prediction. Well, Carolina has had their number this year when it comes to head-to-head matchups. I think they they have the tiebreaker. It's like four three to one. I think is the Let, record against uh, the let's, Lightning. Let's look at two things real quick. Number one is let's look at the history of these teams. Um, I don't want to say the history, but let's look at the most common, the most recent years of each team. And think about number one sacrifice, right? Because we know in the game of hockey that it all comes down to sacrifice. We mm-hmm. see how crazy and how physical and how nuts these games can get. And again, it comes down to sacrifice in the body, skating till literally your legs feel like they're going to be breaking off, playing through a game with a broken jaw, hence Chara, right? There's a lot of sacrifice in the game. So pick a playing team that six you- overtimes. Six overtimes, exactly. Yeah. The cramps. So think of a team that has that will want that wants to succeed, right? The will to succeed, the sacrifice. That's a simple way to just say, okay, I think so and so is going to make the cup, right? That now that's how I make my prediction, just knowing the game of hockey uh, for a while, long time, uh, and you know, it re- you really have to watch a lot of hockey to understand, okay, what team has that sacrifice? Because you know that's really one of the most important things when it comes down to playoff hockey and Stanley cup hockey. Right. Absolutely. And you, it was perfect way to put it is like six overtimes with the lightning in Columbus last year. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like, who's going to fold, right? Who's, who's going to fold. Who who's just going to freaking score. And it's also, I think it's also a thing too, where like that, that one game was basically the springboard that the lightning needed, where it was like, Whoever won that game was going to win that series, I think. Right. Because it was Absolutely. so it's so grueling that like the next game or series is going to be a joke. And I, yeah. I know exactly what you mean because six overtimes is like six hours of hockey. Yeah. So you're and on top right of that, that, 
they were playing the team that swept their like record breaking season the year before I was in the first round. Extra, extra incentive to beat them. Yeah, too. Of course. There you go. But Carolina has just been West. right. Yeah, West absolutely. Is like, oh, they're going to want to come out, you know, with a bang and, and they don't, they're not going to want to get swept again. No, no absolutely not. Yeah. But Carolina has been knocking on the door the past two years. I think this year they're going to kick the door down and get through. Like they, it's just been building up to that for Carolina. This is the next step for Carolina to just go right through and go right to like the semifinals and potentially the Stanley Cup. It's just the team is built like that. Sebastian Ajo is a freak of nature. He's one of those underrated players too that no one really talks about as much because of the the market and like if if he was playing with the New York Rangers, New York would fall in love with him like they do with Panarin. Oh yeah. So I like Carolina. What what were your guys' picks? Were you guys going Tampa too, or yeah. for the cup? No, for like that division between those oh, four yeah. teams. Tampa uh, winning it. I'd like to see the Hurricanes win it. Okay. I I still I, think Tampa's gonna win. All right. So Tampa, Carolina, Carolina, Tampa, Carolina, Carolina. All right. So uh, these other two divisions, we'll go over to the north side. Where it's just been the whole entire uh, Canadian world has been surrounding uh, Toronto Maple Leafs as like they have had an extraordinary year, especially with Austin Matthews. I think he's still leading the league in goals. Yeah, with 40 goals in 53 games, which is unbelievable for uh, for his career. Uh, you also have Connor McDavid as the Edmonton Oilers, where he has 102 points with Leon Dreisaitl right behind him with 81, which is insane too. So those two teams are one and two. Winnipeg sneaks in as the three seed, and the Montreal Canadiens are the four. From what it seems like, it hasn't been set in stone, but like Toronto most likely will play Montreal in the first, and Edmonton will play Winnipeg. That's just the standings right now. We'll go with that. But uh, it seems like it's just going to be a two-headed monster in this division and may the best man win between Toronto and the Oilers. Uh, let's start with Matt first. What are your thoughts about this whole Canadian division? Is it Toronto's division to lose, essentially? Oh, um, I think I have to say yes because they've been kind of the – I think they've been the biggest surprise this season where – Obviously, Austin Matthews, like you said, has been on an, on an absolute tear, uh, goal scoring wise, and they they picked up who they let's see, I'm trying to think of who they they picked up uh, Nick Foligno at the trade deadline. Yeah, um, they did, and then piece. Jack Campbell won like eleven games in a row, didn't he? Yeah, yep. So yeah, I mean, I think they're most likely they're they're the team to beat coming out of the North. Um, on the other side of that, though, with with the Oilers. I mean, all you really need to say is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, where they've, I think it was, I want to say it's either been two years ago or three years ago now, but I'm sure it's even this season where they, they've accounted for over 40% of that team's entire scoring. Yeah, um, they did that last year too. Yeah, so, and I think that that's still the, the Oilers' biggest kryptonite is that they don't have enough, they don't really have enough depth where the the Maple Leafs have, um, who that they have Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Felino, even Joe Thornton's been getting in the mix this year with scoring. Joe Thornton, Wade Simmons. Yep. Um, Kurt, let's see. Andrew Hyman was a big piece before he got hurt for the past couple weeks. Hopefully he's back for them because he's a good depth guy playing. I think he plays on a line with Marner's and Matthews. So 
I mean, that could just be kind of like the residual uh, like aspect of his Jason game. Spezda. Yes, I mean, I think I think you're right, Wes. Where it is the the Maple Leafs division to lose because they've done so well this season and they they have a lot of promise. Where <sighs> they finally don't have to play the Bruins in the first round of the playoffs, <laughs> right? So they they might be able to get over that first round hump finally. I'd hate to play the Bruins first round, man. Dude, it's gonna They're suck. One of the toughest playoff hockey teams to play. I I think I'd rather I mean beatable. They're definitely beatable, but they're a tough team to beat in the playoffs. Like they play better in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. They play awesome in the regular season. Yeah, they even play better in the playoffs, I think. Yeah. But uh and what do you think about the Canadian division now? Toronto's chances in like looking at the landscape of this division. I think it's pretty good. I do. Uh, you know, I think the Maple Leafs are still a team that's up and coming. I think the Oilers are kind of still 50-50. As long as McDavid's there, you know, they're still going to have a decent chance. But it's tough because it's not a one-man show. I definitely think out of all those teams, the Maple Leafs, I think, have just been playing better hockey, simply put. Right. Uh, I just like, is Yakamoto going to be on the first line or the second line? Because he's been kind of like up and down with the Oilers. I don't know if you've been watching Oilers hockey. <laughs> I watch Oilers hockey every day. Boy, no, I've not been watching Oilers hockey. Nah. But like, it's just a matter of how much rest are you going to give McDavid and Dreisaitl? Because last year when they played the Blackhawks in that little qualifying round, you knew it was going to be uh, just all Blackhawks because Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl were gassed at times during that, yeah. those series. Well, it's basically like... I mean, if you're if you're any team playing the Oilers, your best chances of scoring or just not being scored on are when McDavid and Drysaddle aren't on the ice. Like, yeah, uh, there's some wild stat too where the Oilers with McDavid and Drysaddle on the ice are plus, let's say, plus 130, but when <laughs> they're not, they're minus 95 or something like that. It's just oh some God. like they literally are a completely different team when the, none of those two guys are on the ice. To their credit, they have gotten a bit deeper than like the past two years. Yeah. Like think, adding James yeah. Neal was good. And like Ryan Yuja Hopkins has stepped up. And Yagamoto has been a good piece for them throughout the odd. Uh, th- I think he was brought up from their minor league teams. <sighs> Not really a chase on fan either, but like he, he's okay. Yeah. I think, I think Edmonton kind of still has too many problems um, outside Agreed. of just. McDavid and Drysidle being unreal, but I think just top to bottom roster wise, the the Maple Leafs are a better team. But I I could be wrong. I mean the the Leaves the Leafs have been known to choke in the past. Um, yeah, they're I feel like they're the Canadian team with the most pressure on them. Um, just in general, where obviously all the Canadian teams are the the gold standard for hockey, but. I think that Toronto is just such a, a hockey crazy market where if their team isn't doing well, then they're they're obviously going to let them. They're play. the Philadelphia Eagles of hockey with like their fan base and everything. Would you say that's a fair comparison? I don't um, think I'd say that. <laughs> that's no, really yeah, I don't think I'd say that. I would maybe. But I get what you go saying. crazy up there, Canadian. dude. Yeah, but not not more than the Jets, Winnipeg, or uh, Montreal Canadiens. I don't. At least I don't think so. Now. Toronto is huge for hockey, but 
their fans are not as crazy for the sport as some other teams right. are. They won't That's... eat horse shit like the Eagles do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the fan did it on camera. But anyway, it's it's also interesting that you're going to have contradicting styles of hockey in these uh, first two <laughs> matchups for the Canadian division because – Winnipeg and Montreal are completely different styles when you're looking at like Toronto and Edmonton. They're more defense than offense. But I mean, Winnipeg, you're going to have uh, Kyle Connor and, um, oh man, why am I blinking up? Brandon uh, Wheeler, Blake, Blake Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. As your two guys. But then Hellebuck is just back in the net, just standing on his head while he has no defense in front of him. That's yeah. going to be the problem. I mean, they also have they also have Shifley as well. What's up, everybody? Hope you're enjoying this podcast. Great stuff so far. Uh, Anthony unfortunately had to take a fire call and had to leave in the middle of recording this podcast, but he was able to come back once we were done recording and give his West Division prediction and the Stanley Cup prediction from his car. So here is Anthony giving his predictions. All right. So for the West. It's the Golden Knights, Avalanche, Wild, and Blues. So they're still waiting for uh, the matchups for that, right? Yeah. So Knights play the one or two seed, right? And then Avalanche plays the one, two, or three seed. And then Wild plays the two or three seed. And the Blues play the fourth seed, I think. So because we don't know who they're going to be playing yet, uh, you know, it's tough to say what's going to happen with this. I just are, are automatically want to remove the Wild and the Blues. Uh, I just don't think that it's their year, simply put. And uh, I know the, the Knights are, again, you know, just turning it up. So, you know, that's a possibility for them. But the Avalanche, I really am high on the Avalanche because I love Nathan McKinnon. And I really would love to see them push further into into the Cup. I, I just think it's too much competition for them to make it that far, but uh, that that would probably be my West team is the uh, is the Avalanche. Okay, and then your Stanley Cup prediction. The Stanley Cup. Oh man, that's tough again too. I really, really want to see the Hurricanes in the Cup. Um, I want to see the Hurricanes in the Cup. I don't think they're going to be in the Cup. I'm going to have to go with maybe the Bruins. At the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. uh, and then for uh, their opponent, uh, I'd like to see the Leafs in the Cup for that side of things, and then, but it's probably most likely going to be maybe the the Knights. You 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 like the you like the Knights, but pick Colorado to win the division. <laughs> I, I want I want. I really want the Leafs to get in, but I think the Knights are going to be the, the one that are going to get in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. That's... I'm, I'm pissed, boy. I want I want Leafs at Hurricanes. Yeah, that might happen. I think it would be an exciting cup. All right. Thanks, Ant. Now back to Matt, Master Giovanni, and I to wrap up the podcast. Uh, so Ant had to do the fire call. We were talking about like the Jets, Helen Buck, like yeah. just standing on his head without no defense. I mean, do do one of these two teams potentially upset Toronto or Edmonton? I mean, Montreal came really close to pulling the upset off against the Flyers last year. Yeah, I mean, 
I think um, I think Winnipeg and Montreal kind of play like you said. They play the same style of hockey where they they're kind of defense first, and they'll again almost like the Islanders. They'll they'll wait for you to make a mistake, and then they'll capitalize right off the bat on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think um, let's see, Toronto Montreal should be a great series um, if it if it pans out to be that in concrete. Um, but and I think Edmonton and Winnipeg, I think Edmonton's probably just going to take it. I think Winnipeg has had their struggles this year. Um, and I don't think, man, Montreal would be so good if they can get an elite goal score. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've, they've had to Foley this year. Who's been, he's been pretty well, but also again, Montreal went through that rough stretch where they had an unreal start to the season. And then they, ended up like firing so many people. Yeah, and, true. And then they got back on track again, but um I think Crazy again, how that like works it, in hockey and it only works in hockey. Yep. Yeah, I think um but I haven't really paid much attention to the Jets to be honest, so I don't really know kind of how Nobody they, really they, has. Yeah, I feel like um that those it's yeah, it's just tough. I mean, I think they have they have good players. Obviously, like you said, like Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley. Their first line is great with um, Shifley, Wheeler, and Connor. Yeah, but it's just like the further down you go, especially with them on defense, it's just like yikes. Yeah, yeah ever, <laughs> they ever since they lost Buffalo, and it's kind of been downhill from there. Right. It's that's one of those teams that they were on the cusp of like taking the next step too, and they just really haven't. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like Toronto. Ant likes Toronto, and uh, you like Toronto as well. Thing with Toronto though that kind of scares me is like, once they get past this Canadian division, you're gonna have to start playing defense against the other three uh, division yeah. winners because like those those teams will have so much better defense than Toronto does. You can't just like win games six to five. Yeah, well that's what I said. I mean they're they're I think they're lucky that they're not playing Boston in the first round because Boston has been has been their kryptonite these past few years whenever they made it to the playoffs. It's always been the draw. Exactly. I I mean, like, can they, they should be happy with, like, even getting to – it feels like the fans are like, this is cup or bust for, like, the Maple Leafs, which I kind of believe it because you're paying those guys lots of money to oh, stay yeah. there. I was going to say, but, they, they have a lot of money and, and just a few guys, so I think you're right in the fact that this year is there is the is Stanley Cup or bust for them, and then – with the flat cap and all that for the next, at least, at least next season. Um, I think it's going to be tough depending on what those contracts look like going forward. It's going to be tough to kind of keep that, that group together for the most part. Yeah, it's going to be totally tough, uh, but we'll see what happens with uh, the late Maple Leafs. Maybe they won't choke this time. <laughs> all right. So uh, the last division remaining is the West now, the first seed is up for grabs. We don't know who it's going to be between Vegas or Colorado, but right now those are the two favorites to win the cup by uh, the Vegas odds uh, terms when you look at Caesar Sportsbook. But uh, it's a sta- this, to me, this is the most stacked division. I know St. Louis has kind of fallen off, and they had a really rough year of just even trying to make the postseason, but I still think they, they're still talented enough to you know surprise some of these people. But uh, – Vegas is one right now. The Avs are two. And then the team kind of out of nowhere has been the Minnesota Wild. Just like they went on a crazy stretch where they were just winning these crazy overtime games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up getting the th- – they're locked in as the three. 
which they'll probably face Colorado in the first round. And then you got St. Louis as the four. Uh, to me, it's the West, and it comes down to Vegas and uh, Colorado. And it, and in my opinion, I'll start now. One of these two is going to win the Stanley Cup. It, it has to. It has to. And I'm going to mm. lead Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right in the fact that the West, that division does go through Vegas and Colorado. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, I mean, I guess if it were to come down to, let's say, either Vegas versus Toronto or Vegas versus, I guess, anyone else or Colorado, I think the... I think the West, I guess, yeah, I guess even though I said the, the East was the most stacked division, I think the West kind of has that upper hand now that I think about yeah. it. So, but yeah, I think um, both teams just have so much firepower and just the, the Knights continue to surprise people by being in in the mix ever since their inaugural season four years ago now. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Colorado, they speak for themselves with McKinnon, Randon, McCarr, Landeskog, Kadri, uh, the Grubauer, and Francois as their goalies. Like, I mean, they're defensemen who I'm blanking on right now. But I mean, up and down that roster, you're just you're you're deep as anything else. Um, and Vegas, obviously, with Flurry in net, with Leonard in net as well. That's a, a hell of a tandem when it comes to goalies. And then you have Patrick. You gotta stick with one though. You can't be yeah. doing this back and forth thing. It just never yeah. works in the Stanley Cup. I was going to say it's it's you got to ride the hot hand in the playoffs especially um and but I I completely agree in the fact that the West is going to go through either I think mainly I think more so Colorado than Vegas, but I think it's it's up for grabs between either of those two teams. Holy cow, the Caps just scored with 1 second left in the third period to win the game. Wow. <laughs> there's a there's a good start going into the playoffs that i mean he, oh wow who was it was raffle out of all people too oh man Just rifles it <laughs> it hits a okay so he like threw it under the bar like from the side and it hit like uh who's number one for boston one one of the backup goaltenders. It just hit off of his mask and went in the net. <laughs> oh, is it Vla, is it Vladar? Nah, say, S something. Swayman. Yeah, probably him. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See, there you go. Like like I just said a couple minutes ago, Flyers Flyers players going from the team and then they go to another team and then they have success. Raffle scores a buzzer beater. <laughs> All right, but but back in are you thinking of uh, Macar? Yeah, yeah, Colorado. That's what I was thinking of yeah, Macar. I'm trying. I'm literally blanking on any other defenseman's name from Colorado, but Macar obviously is their best one. They got Macar. They got Tay. Is it Taze or it's seven? Devin Taze. Devin Taze. Yeah. All right, Devon Taze. All right. He was Devon on Taves. He was on Carolina, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think he was on the Hurricanes. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's it's tough. I with the with the season going as fast as it is, it's kind of tough to pay attention to every team every so often. And it's a short short season too. Yeah, and especially during the trade deadline with everyone going wherever they went, I was like, wow, I can't even really keep up with this. But um, I mean, I, I forget they, what team did um Max Domi end up on. He's on Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, man, that just goes to show how bad Columbus was this year. <laughs> and they're not going to bring back Tortorella. And they they traded away Line A, or no, they got Line A. 
Yeah. Poor, who, God Luke, knows uh, what now. Pierre Luke Dubois. <laughs> Felino's gone out of there. Dennis Savard got traded to Tampa. <sighs> yeah, yeah I geez, think um, I think Columbus might have some some dog days ahead of them. Um, it's just tough because like they can't get guys to stick. I mean, they have they have Seth Jones, they have Zach Rowenski, they have I'm trying, a couple other guys that have kind of been mainstays, but it's just tough. Where I feel like, and even like their coach, it's they can't keep a coach for more than what a handful of seasons. Yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah, and I, and like Torch isn't a bad coach, but I feel like every team he's gone to. Ever since he left the Rangers, they kind of just get tired of him, and he the message of his coaching style just gets lost. Yeah, well, um, let's. I kind of like the Wild. Like the Wild will like surprise some people by winning a couple of these games. Like their defensive pairings are really good with uh, Suter and uh, Dumba. I mm-hmm. love Dumba as a hockey player, man. That guy just flies around. He, he can literally play winger, center, defense, like you yeah. name it. He can play all of those positions. Yeah. But um, it's like you gotta rely on Cam Talbot. And that it's just yeah. oh. But with the you mentioned about Colorado's depth, I think Vegas is like you can argue is a little bit deeper. When you got Carlson, Riley Smith, uh, Marsha Shaw, Stone, Stone, who I think was like very underrated, but like he should be like um a Norris candidate. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's just so good. Um, and then who else is Max Pacioretty? Yeah. Uh, who's, who's a defense Shane Theodore Petrangelo. That's who I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, Petrangelo yeah. was just a big move that they had. For yep. them. Now you're right. When the, you got to stick with either flurry or Leonard, yeah. I, I like Leonard's play, but like flurry just comes up big when it comes to postseason time. I think you have to start him. I don't know how they've been splitting it this year, to be honest. I've just seen Vegas just fly out and just annihilate the California teams because that's pretty much what the West was this year. You just beat every single California team. Yeah. But St. Louis ain't going to be an easy, like, defeat either. Like, they can Mm -hmm. totally beat um, Vegas, like, games one or two or, like, get a couple on them and just, like, next thing you know, Vegas is down two to one. Like yeah, that, it, that could easily happen. Yeah, if they if they can somehow get that early jump on Vegas, that I mean, if they kind of come out swinging and get Vegas against the ropes a little bit right out of the gates, that's I mean that could be that could be huge for that series going forward. I felt like their issues was like, uh, didn't they have a little bit of an injury bug when it came to St. Louis? So I think uh, I don't even honestly don't even know if he's back yet. Tarasenko, I think, was out for most of the season. He might have come yeah. back these last few games. Um, I think Pareko also was hurt for a little bit. Um, not sure if O'Reilly was hurt at all, but I think St. Louis was kind of like I feel like they were almost a little bit like Nashville, where they they had a little good little bit of a good stretch, and they and then they kind of fell apart for a little bit. But which is kind of weird because you would think they would just like rebound, like be perfectly fine when Petrangelo left. And then next thing you know, they brought in Tory Krug. Yeah. I was going to say they, Tory Krug, I think that's what made me think Boston was going to go downhill this year is when they lost Krug and Chara in the same, that's yeah, the same off season. And it's like, they're somehow still the, like still in the mix in the playoffs. So Boston makes no sense to me. They just got a good farm system. That's true. And I, and I mean, they, that's it's such a it it almost frustrates me how how much of a um 
how much these guys are team players where they take these like unreal, like team friendly contracts to stay there. And like, I just, I, I mean, I, Boston just frustrates me as a, as a sports. I, who has, okay. So a little short discussion we can have before we make our Stanley cup predictors. Did you, did you pick a team out of the West yet between Colorado and Vegas? Um, I'm going to go with Colorado over Vegas. All right, I'm going to go with Vegas, even though I grew up watching the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. I just think it's it's Vegas's year. I just really do think that. I might put a future on them to win the cup this year. Oh, uh, that's how confident I am in their run. I just I just love the way they play hockey right now. I dig um, it. Who, who do you think has the most pressure to win the cup this year out of all these teams that we've discussed? Yeah, I think – I mean, I think it's Toronto. Right. I think because, like, when they traded for Felino at the trade deadline, you knew that that was them kind of going all in, where I think Felino is a free agent after this season. So Yeah, you got to expect Joe Thornton and uh, Simmons to retire after this, too. Uh, maybe, Th- maybe Thornton. Simmons is 32. Like, I was talking about that with a couple of my other friends today. Dude, there. doesn't it feel like he's, like, 45? Yeah, but I was like, I mean, <laughs> a guy like him who plays like him, that style of play definitely wears your body down so much. So he probably feels like he's 75 at times instead yeah. of 32. But um, he looks like it at times as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think Toronto, I think they're, they're the team with the most pressure where just them being the, the hockey city that they are, the, the crazed hockey city, um, the fact that they're playing, like they're paying so few guys so much money and the fact that they went after that piece in Felino to kind of just basically give them even more firepower on the forward lines than they already do have yeah that's that's i think they're they're my team with the most pressure definitely them from my books but i i kind of factor in boston kind of has some pressure going into this year too like and- it feels I, like you have to win with that kind of core guys with like Bergeron approaching his later years. How long is Marshan going to be at the top? Is yeah. Pot is Poster not going to be healthy enough going forward? He's he's kind of become like an injury bug type of player. So it's you know, I, I feel like you kind of have to you've been knocking on that door so long. You went to the Stanley Cup two years ago. Last year you had Tuka Rask opt out after you had a really good season. So it's like what when are you gonna get it done? Is it like now or never? Because like I could see them being like kind of San Jose where they got there, but they just never got it done. And then next thing you know, they fizzled out with like relying on their veterans to pick up the pace. But right, they have had a good farm system. Yeah, I think Boston and Pittsburgh are kind of one and the same in the fact where every year that goes by, you kind of think that that's the last shot that they have at legit at being legit contenders or just being not being competitive but just being like a good team top team in whatever division they're in and they they just continue to surprise people where even though they don't have the the deepest teams or the the most like flashy names even um like you said they they just have that good farm system where they have good just team management where the the players just kind of come together they galvanize uh, for each other and they play for each other and they just make it happen. Yeah. And it's also, if, if Pasternak goes onto the ice wearing sunglasses, you're just going to lose. Dude. It's funny you say that because <laughs> when I first saw him at the Lake Tahoe game, I went, well, the Flyers lost. 
Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, this is an easy one. Hit hit a uh, Boston puck line. Like that's the easiest bet. Just set well, it and forget it. I was gonna say, and all of Boston showed up in their pregame outfits and like '90s clothing too. And the Flyers, being the boring team that they were this season, showed up in like team tracksuits with like, the boring tr- retro. I still am here to this day saying their retro jersey is the exact same as their home jersey. It's the exact same jersey, except it's just black where it's white. I mean, I like I like their reverse retros. I like Boston's a lot too. I think Boston's is one of the best in the league. But if you're gonna go reverse retro, you gotta go like the old school, like Philadelphia black with the white shoulder pads. Yeah, you know I what mean, I mean. Go that a, way. There's at least three or four reverse retros that are the the worst jerseys I think I've ever seen. Which ones? What do you think? Um. So off to name to name at least a couple, Dallas's suck. Yeah, it, it's, it's basically it's the silver on white makes no sense. Right. Um, and then the Islanders basically just made their own. <laughs> Definitely. Those yeah, like the Islanders had the perfect chance to go back to the the fisherman jerseys. Oh, dude, those would have been unreal. Preaching um, to the choir here, man. Yeah, and then let's see. The the Red Wings, they also they look like just practice jerseys with the Well, they just don't have any retros. But they see the the Red Wings, I guess, um they had the really cool uh couple of winter classic jerseys. That's true. So they could have kind of went on that that type of route. I'm trying to think who else who else Winnipeg has pretty bad ones. Yeah, Winnipeg yeah, there's there's are there's are pretty brutal. Um as long as you don't say the Screaming Eagle, we're good on no, that. No, dude, those are sick. I like Yeah, them. yeah, I love the Screaming Eagle. Because actually, my, my older brother has an original one of those, uh, the black ones, which are awesome. I have I have an original black one. I'm still trying to get, like, a white one. Yeah. I've, that, I've been oh, trying yeah. to get one. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, the Caps, both the Capitals reverse retros and they're the blue, um, the blue ones with the W on them, those are sick, yeah. too. The ones that they wore for the Navy uh, Stadium Series. Yeah, yep, those are awesome. And uh, I even like their uh, their throwback ones with like the like the the white and the red like on the waist with the cap. Like, See, the- I'm not I'm not a fan of those ones. I'm more of a fan of like the um, away version of those. Remember back when it was like 20, I think it was like 2014, 2015 when they played the uh, the Rangers in the semis where they had uh, the whites with, like, the stars and then the red shoulders. Yeah. Those were, like, the aways. Yeah, I like those a lot, too. Those are so much better. The ones they wore for the Pittsburgh uh, Winter Classic. Yeah, yep. I like those a lot. Yeah, Yeah, the Capitals had some some pretty fire jerseys. I think uh, my favorite ones are um, Colorado, though, by far. Oh, yeah. They, They won that one, I think. Colorado was really good. Um, Carolina, obviously with the Whalers. Yeah. Thick. Um, Los Angeles, LA's are sick with the purple and the gold. Yeah. The old school. They're pretty cool with the wild wing busting out. I'm Um, not a fan of those. Vancouver's are all right. I feel like they could have gone along the, uh, like the, you know, remember the skate Jersey? Yeah. Like the black, it was like the black, orange. It was black. It was black, and it kind of had like a um. I don't know if you watch basketball, but it kind of had like the Utah Jazz vibe, where it was like warm yeah. colors and kind of yep. like a sunset. 
Yeah, exactly. Something like that would have been cool. But I like theirs with like the. They're green. running the '94, the '94 jerseys. Like that yeah. would have been cool. Yeah. Um, the Panthers have a good one. Um, I like the old, like the old school Panther logo. The old school Panther is so much better. Oh yeah. So much better. Yeah, but uh, we could spend all day talking about. I was jerseys. gonna say yeah, we could do a whole, a whole day <laughs> talking about jerseys, which, are, which would be awesome. All right, so uh, final four. My final four is gonna be Caps, Canes, Vegas, and Toronto. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I see uh, how the standings would work for that one. I'm not so sure, but I see Canes and um. Canes and Vegas in the final. I think Toronto chokes to like one of those other teams. And I think <laughs> we'll probably see um we'll probably see Vegas take on uh Washington as like a um a rematch of like the 2018 in the semis, just the way the seeding's gonna work uh this year. Yeah. And then we're gonna have Canes, Vegas, and I'm gonna pick Vegas to win it all. Um, probably in six games in that series. I think they're just too loaded to like fail and then yeah. maybe blurry goes out on top this year i can see that um let's see uh final four i'm gonna go i'm gonna go boston sorry um <laughs> boo yep sorry i'm gonna go boston i'm gonna go don't make me send tom wilson to your house oh dude see <laughs> oh we can do a, we can do a whole episode on that too um, <laughs> but I'm going to go Boston, I'm going to go Tampa Bay, I'm going to go Colorado, and I'm going to go Toronto. And I think it's going to be, I'm going to go Boston, Colorado, Boston, Colorado in the final, because I don't know if it's possible, but I feel like Boston and Toronto are going to run into each other again, and it's going to be... All downhill. That would be so devastating if they met in the final oh, and Boston just, just has their way with them. I would feel I would feel terrible for them because they just have so much <laughs> promise going into these playoffs. Where if that happened again, that would just be brutal. Yeah, you know what's a good thing about these playoffs too? We're gonna get some teams with full fans. I was gonna say I think um, I know at least Nashville. I think has a full barn. June eleventh, uh, caps are going full uh dc is like full on like a minutes no restrictions yeah yeah that's what philadelphia is doing too but obviously the flyers suck and they won't be in the playoffs um <laughs> but anyway Sixers will. yeah that's true um but yeah i mean it'll be nice you gotta you gotta have fans in the building for playoff hockey um the, the florida bubble- will be full but then it will look like they're at 50 percent capacity yeah I mean, hey, as long as there's fans, but it's like the bubble last year was was cool because it was just like in the midst of all the the stuff that was going on with the world, they made it happen. But you got it like if there's a chance to have fans this year um, with the the safety precautions in place, you got to have them in there. For, especially you got for like to. hockey. Yeah. Well, you need the Vegas antics pregame too. Like oh, for playoffs. I, I'm definitely uh, Vegas is definitely going to be full tilt. We need Mike Buffer to just come out for like the pregame, <laughs> just like have the be, mic lower. Oh, dude, those those pregames are insane. When he did game one for the Stanley Cup, and it was like seven minutes long, and you could literally see the players just standing out there, just like, All yeah, right, come on, let's go. Yeah, I was gonna let's say go. we need, uh, we want to play the game right now. <laughs> it was the longest. I think it was like twenty minutes long until like they finally dropped the puck. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be glad to see uh, full on fans going crazy. Maybe t- I think the Florida teams definitely will. Carolina probably will. Yeah. Uh, who else would? Colorado, I'm not so sure, but uh, Canada probably won't have any fans, which is going to be a bummer because you would want to see Toronto, especially this year, those fans going absolutely berserk. Yeah, I guess that would also be Toronto's luck is that if they somehow do win the cup, they won't win it in front of anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, what if they, what are they going to do when it comes to um, if like Toronto makes like the uh, the final four and like the Stanley Cup? Is it going to be all on American side? Because like you can't really travel between borders. Yeah, I think the only thing I've seen with that so far is that they're gonna kind of like, I guess, wait and see how things pan out, and then if it does come down to like an American team having to go to Canada and vice versa, I guess they might just say like screw it and go for it. Right. But maybe they'll just put it in Buffalo too. That's true. Or maybe even do like a new, like a somewhat somewhat neutral site. In, in the United States, um, right. that's like equidistant from Canada and the like the I guess equidistant e- ooh equidistant there we go that's the word from the border, right? Maybe maybe do it in New York if it's going to be Carolina and Toronto. That's true. Do it at the Garden. Oh man, that'll oh, be electric. I, see, I don't know though because like if I'm a Rangers fan and I'm watching another team possibly win even just a playoff <laughs> series on my home ice that's uh, who cares about the rangers fans they're too soft now that's that's true but still i mean do you want to see someone win the cup that's not the washington capitals on the, the caps ice i mean detroit already did it so that's, <laughs> maybe that's true i guess I, I mean yeah i don't know i just it would just be weird if they did that like a neutral site for but I guess again, that's that's the world we live in these days. Put it put it in a non hockey city. True, maybe or do maybe like, like put it in Houston. And there we go, NHL. If you're listening, um, do an outdoor playoff series. Yeah, in the middle of summer, that's going to be that's... tough. <laughs> you would have to go all the way to the Arctic for that one. Like higher up in Canada, you'll be going the go. other way. Get the TV crews going. Stanley Cup live from Antarctica. <laughs> live from the North Pole. I'm Mike Tarico, and I should be doing basketball in the Olympics. Rather, I'm doing this. But um, yeah. yeah, so uh, you have Boston. Boring yep. pick. Um, I'm going with Vegas. I don't know what Ant's going to go with. He'll give his update on uh, Sunday's podcast when we do that. <laughs> it's unfortunate that he kind of had to dip out and go because he really loves this hockey stuff man Um, oh yeah i can imagine but uh yeah that's gonna be it for this special nhl playoff podcast we're glad you could uh join us and listen and if you have your stanley cup predictions or whoever you think is gonna be um making it far by the way betting on the stanley cup is like the best thing ever because you just bet on the unders and like the underdogs and it works every time (laughs) I betted so much on the Islanders when it came to down to um, Philly. I also had like a, a great ticket when it came to plus 350 for the Canadians to win the series. So mm-hmm. I was like pulling hard for the Canadians to pull it out against the Flyers. But uh, you can find great gambling lines. Oh, like when they were winning games, I was just like, oh, my God, they're actually going to do it. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. 
But anyway, let us down. Uh, let us know down below what your thoughts are on the playoffs. So go ahead, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Bench Bros Sports, follow us on Instagram at Original Bench Bros, and follow our website BenchBrosSports.com, where we keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and other media services. So again, thank you for listening to all you hockey junkie fans out there. And uh, last thoughts, Matt. Where can they find you? First of all. Find your uh, so content, I'm, whatever you're doing. Yeah, so I'm on I'm on Twitter. Uh, my my handle, my personal handle is m underscore mastro thirty six. Um, you can follow the my podcast, uh, Five Minute Major at it's at Five Min Major Pod on Twitter, um, and then it's Five Min Major on Instagram, and then we're also on Facebook as well, and then. Um, my Sports Talk Philly articles for the Flyer Delphia, you can just Google Sports Talk Philly slash Flyer Delphia, and you can look at my articles on there. So um, just would appreciate any follows. And Wes, thank you very much for having me on. This was a great time. Yeah, no problem, Matt. All right, so um, any bold predictions? Do you see anything crazy happening? Like, I don't know, do we get a suspension here? Does a like a stick get lodged into a skate or something crazy? Do we see a coach fight with like – you I mean, know, hey, it's, it's, the, it's the playoffs at this point. I'll just say it's the playoffs and anything can happen. <laughs> How many teeth is uh, Martian and Poster not going to lose after fighting Tom <laughs> Wilson? Um, no, nah, I think Tom Wilson's going to be like, all right, I got I got to play clean now. I can't affect this team. I was going to say, I think he's got to he's got to find that line. Let Ch- let Chara rough up the Bruins there. That's yeah. going to be something interesting to watch. I was going to say that's going to be a hell of a series. Oh, man, I'm so excited for that series. I, I'm more look as a Caps fan, I'm more looking forward to 2022 than I am this year because I just know that like one of those two teams from the West is gonna win it. Yeah. Eh. Hey, man. Like I said, it's it's the playoffs. Anything happens. Yep. Anything can happen. I mean, maybe we could see the Islanders sweep the Pens like they did uh, a couple of years ago. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I was gonna say I would love. I mean. Even though the Flyers aren't in it, I would love for the Penguins to be eliminated in the first round. I think everyone would. True. <laughs> All right. So that was Matt Mastro Giovanni. Anthony will be back on Sunday. So will I on the Benchmark Sports Podcast. That's Ant. I'm Wes. That's Matt. We'll see you next week.